Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Come on, are there any Christians in this place right now that are willing to give God at least 10 seconds of praise for entering into a new year? Come on, come on, somebody make some noise. Woo, you made it. You made it. Some of you shouldn't have, but you did. It's so good to be together in 2023. You know, <laughs> you know I was born in the 1900s, and uh, <laughs> and whenever I, I saw anything like 2020, 2020, like it was like Odyssey, Future, Space Galactic, and and you know, right now we should be having hoverboards and you know flying cars and all that stuff, and and I'm just excited that I get to be in the house of the Lord on the first day of 2023, starting the year off right. And uh, so I just wanna welcome um, those of you that are watching us from around the nation, around the world. Let's see, we got uh, Georgia, Atlanta watching us online. We got Austin, Texas. Come on, Restoration Life Austin. And Leander watching us online. Of course, our family in San Diego, Restoration Life San Diego, and of course, Restoration Life LA, we want to welcome you guys online. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for showing up. Um, anybody got a Holy Ghost cruda this morning? I just, uh, there better be a Holy Ghost hangover. It's okay to have a Holy Ghost hangover. Any other hangover ain't going to fly with God. But it is okay to have a Holy Ghost hangover. I see some of you that normally are in the 930 service. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's good to be <laughs> good to be here. I'm just in the joyful. I went to bed at 8.30 last night. I don't know about y'all. I feel really good today because I'm not the one no more. Like, you guys want to stay up to midnight? You go for it. Like, I was at 8.30. I'm like, mm, come on, babe. It's time to go to bed. I got a long three services tomorrow. We're going to have fun. We're going to party. And uh, man, I barbecued for everybody. Walked out on everybody. Went to bed. Ain't no shame in my game. I feel good. And I hope you do too. I hope, I hope you're, great, you're grateful for the breath of life that God's given you because uh, you have an op another opportunity um, moving forward to step into all that God has for you. Amen? And so, uh, you know, today, believe it or not, actually marks 14 years that Roxanne and I have been pastoring Restoration Life here in, Los in Lawndale. It's 14 years ago, uh, 2009, right? 13, 14, oh, 13 years, Thir 13, 14 ish. Either way, it's been a great ride, and I'm excited about the journey that we're on. You know, on, on the on the way over to church this morning, I was listening to this old school jam, "Fantastic Voyage." Anybody know that that song? Come along and ride on the fantastic voyage. Man, I was dumping that this morning. And, I, you know, it just reminded me of the beautiful adventure that we're on. I can't believe you're listening to that kind of music, Pastor. I'm like, hey, I'm an old school boy. That's not dirty music. It's okay. It's not obscene. Not all old school music is bad. And especially 80s music. Most of it's pretty good. Anyways, 90s trash. Anyways, move forward. I'm playing. I'm playing. I just thank God that we're here together today and we're able to unpack some of the things that God has been revealing to us throughout the years. Um, and today I want to talk to you about vision for 2023 because there's no way for you to step into what God has for you if you don't know where you're going. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I think like, like you have a big windshield and a very small rear view mirror um, because God wants you to have clear vision for everything that's ahead of you and very small vision for what's left behind you. And I think that there are too many of us that are dwelling in what was left behind and it's time for you to start looking forward and forget about the past. You can't do anything about it. Stop dwelling on it. Stop suffering for it. Stop, stop being attached to it. Today, it's time to sever the chains of the past so that you can step into what God has for your future. And in order for you to be able to do that, you have to understand what vision really is. And so um, a long time ago, I, I read this quote 
and it really changed my perspective on vision. And it goes like this, vision without plans to carry it out is just an illusion. Um, in fact, vision without structure is not just an illusion, but it could also be a nightmare. And so you gotta know where you're going in order for you to step into and take the trajectory that God has for you. And so before I unpack the importance of everything that we're gonna do this year and beyond, I wanna, I wanna just look at what vision really is. Chuck, Chuck Swindoll, a general of faith um, who passed away not long ago, um, he wrote this about vision. He said that, that vision is the ability to see God's presence, the, to perceive God's power, and to focus on God's plan in spite of obstacles. And as believers, we all have to recognize that not only has God prepared a plan for you and I, but God has also deposited into all of us the vision for the kingdom based on his living word. The reality is, is that there's still a devil that wants to keep you from God's best for your life. And in 2023, we're going to continue to expose the devil. We're going to continue to expose his schemes and his strategies. And this is a church that will still talk about Satan being real and trying to stop you from all things that God has for you. And so make no mistake that, this, that Satan is going to place obstacles, and he probably already has, in each and every single one of our lives in fulfilling God's desired plan for our lives. As we look at this, throughout Scripture, God has chosen leaders to look at the greatness of what God has planned and promised, and they've interpreted it in the way that God has revealed it to them to give to them so they can go into God's promised land for their lives. And in my life, I've seen our church, this church, and many other churches that I oversee, many of you may or may not know, I'm uh, co-founder with Pastor Omar and the Reach Network, and we oversee 23 churches and their, their leadership, their pastors, their vision, their mission, their systems, their structure. Uh, and, and, and we know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that, that, that leadership needs clear vision in order to carry out the plan of God. But God is always moving, and, and, and if God is always moving, that means things are always changing. And for me, I'm unlike many of you, I love change. Like, I, I, I love different and, and new and, and change, but not for the sake of, of changing things, but for the sake of maintaining fruitfulness in our lives. And so I love change, but there are people that can't stand change. They, 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 they like what they like, they like the way that they like it, and they don't want anybody to rock that boat. Um, look at somebody tell them, change is your best friend. If you allow him to be. Because change, even though God never changes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, God is always moving, which means that we always have to move with God, which means that we're always gonna have to change. Which means you're always gonna have to be growing, and if you're always growing, you're growing out of something and into something, which means you're changing. You know, I find it interesting that many people in our church throughout this, you know, last 13 years, 13 to 14 years, um, for some, it's too much change. For others, there's not enough. So it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And this is why you have to be submitted to God and not to people. You have to be a God pleaser and not a people pleaser. So I'm a state right now. I volunteered to be your pastor in 2023. How many will allow me to pastor you in 2023? I volunteered to be your pastor. But if I, if I volunteer to be your pastor, then you volunteer to roll with me wherever God calls us. I'll go anywhere. We sing it. I'll do anything. <laughs> right? We sing it. We sing, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything, God. All right, we're going to paint. No, not there. All right, we're going to plant in Atlanta. No, no, no. We sing it. We sing it. It's coming out of our heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. It speaks, and we speak what we mean, and we mean what we speak. And God's doing some incredible things. He already has, and he's going to do so much more. But in order to move with him, we have to know where he's leading us. Um, vision is the ability to see what's invisible to other people. Uh, there are a lot of great people 
that I have in my life, but not all of them have vision. And I really believe that not only does, has God given us a vision for our church, but God also has given us a vision for our families. Like I know where God is leading our church unequivocally. I've seen it. I saw it 14 years ago when God called me to come here. I saw it. I still see it. It's, it's, it's as prevalent as, it, as it's ever been. I see it as a moving picture that unfolds year after year after year. And I'm excited about what I've seen and where we've been, but I'm, I'm so excited about where we're going together as the bride of Christ. But not everybody around me has vision. Not everybody around me, um, if I'm just being honest, has meant to go on this ride with me for the rest of my life. Um, there, are not, there are people that are in your life that are there for a season and a reason. And then there are people that are in your life that are there for you know, to Christ calls you home. And you got to be able to discern who those people are because not everybody you share vision with need to know what the vision is. The Magi, believe it or not, went and told Herod, hey, we saw the star. We know the king is being born. And King Herod was like, um, yeah, show me. So I too may worship him. And just a little, little leadership nugget for, for, for everybody in this room. Um, when God reveals something to you, it's not always meant to be revealed to everybody around you. But there are times that God just wants to plant it in your spirit so that you can pray and process. Um, because there will be people that are in your midst that when you share it, they're going to try to diminish it or to quench it. And, and what God plants in you, he'll see it to fruition. But you just got to hold on to the dream and the vision that God has revealed to you. So be careful who you share vision with. Because sometimes some people aren't there to help you with the vision. They're there to detour your vision. The vision is the ability to see what is, might be invisible to others. And we need to get to a place, church, in our vision for what God has called us to that makes our fears irrelevant and our pursuit of that vision and adventure. We say it again. We need to get to the place to where we know that we know that we know that God has revealed this to us, where we get to the place where our fears of pursuing that vision become irrelevant and our pursuit becomes passionate and adventurous. I feel like our church is like the Indiana Jones Church of the kingdom. Like we're not afraid to go anywhere. We're not afraid to do anything. In fact, if I were to ask you today, based on what Jesus Christ did on that cross over 2,000 years ago, is there anything that he would ever ask you to do that you would have the audacity to say no to? That's the place that I believe that our church needs to get to as a whole, as a body of believers, that yeah, I'll go anywhere. Yeah, I'll do anything. Just put me where you want me. Put me where you want me. And I really believe that if we go into 2023 with that kind of mindset, with that kind of heart set, that we can fulfill the vision and the plan that God has for this house. But hear me clearly. This isn't the only house that needs a vision. Your house, your home, your marriage, your family, your children, your business, your health needs vision. I'm talking to you about vision because in order for you to know where we're going, you got to understand what vision is. Let me tell you this. Your vision has to become stronger than your excuse. You've made way too many excuses in your lifetime. You've made way too many excuses in 2023. Or, <laughs> already. <laughs> Somebody's going to watch this next week and like, dang, I should have been there. Yeah, you made an excuse and you missed out. You know, a favorite old school pastor friend of mine made this declaration. He said, you know what an excuse is? An excuse is a reason wrapped in a lie. We need to stop making excuses if we're going to fulfill the vision that God has for our lives. Because his plan is so much better than your plan. His plans are so much better than my plan. And here's my point. What I have learned is this, is that our obedience and our diligence to the vision that God has revealed to you for your church 
for your ministry and for your family, for your life, for your business, you fill in the blank, is the primary force that determines whether or not you will remain small in your thinking, small in your faith, small in your fruitfulness, or you will grow to the place that God has called you to, which means he's calling you out of something so that you can grow into something. So can we pray? Let's bow our heads. Pray with me. Close your eyes. Father, we thank you for today. We're so blessed by your presence. We're so blessed by your power. We're so blessed by your love and your, your extravagant uh, love for each and every single one of us. God, I pray today that you would speak directly into our hearts and our minds. Help us to, to, to not only think clearly, but to see clearly what you have planned for all of us together. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on, give them another big hand of praise this morning. So your vision's got to get stronger than your excuse. And so the question that you have to ask yourselves this morning is, what is God calling me into? And what's God calling me out of? If God's calling you into something, it means that he's calling you out of something. And I thank God that 2020 is a done deal. 2021, done deal. 2022, done deal. I'm excited about 2023, but don't think that the enemy is going to just let you have favor in 2023 without taking you into valleys and highways and byways and causing trauma and grief and spiritual warfare. Listen, if you're going to step into what God has for you, your vision and that revelation of that is gonna have to be so much stronger than any of your excuses. And so the first thing that I just wanna share with you based on vision, because we're gonna do a lot of things today. Vision is important because it helps us understand God's purpose for our lives. And every single person in this room and everybody watching online, God is giving you a specific purpose in life. There is a reason why you're alive today. There is a reason why you're gifted the way that you're gifted. There is a reason why you have the experience of life that you do. There is a reason why he didn't allow that trauma in your past to stop you or to break you or to kill you, but God saw fit to seize you out of that because he's got something he's prepared for you that you've got to develop in and grow into because there is a reason that you're saved and serving God today. And it is your responsibility to find that out and to pursue that with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Proverbs 29:18 says this. It says, where there is no vision, people perish. Now, that's a great leadership principle. But in context, that's not what the writer was indicating in this portion of scripture. I love the way Proverbs 29:18 says. It says, out of the message translation, it says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And so this is a great vision casting, you know, portion of scripture, leadership, scripture. But the reality is he's talking to a people that have been given the living, breathing word of God, that have been given a command that understand their role in history and in society. And they're supposed to carry that out and not cast off restraint but adhere to it so that they could continue to fulfill what God had set them apart for. And so this means for us that without a clear sense of direction and purpose, we can become easily lost and disconnected with God's plans for our lives. And if we're not even, let me just take it to a whole other level, because social media has connected people around the world unlike anything that we've seen before, but there's so much information there's so much content out there that if you don't know the truth, you can get caught up in a lie and be misled and distracted and your, the trajectory of your life be set off course. And this is the reason why it's so important that you know your word, that you study your word, that you show yourself diligent in the word, that you take RLU, that you grow in new life, because discipleship encompasses walking in truth, and there's no way you can walk in truth if you don't know what the truth is. You cast off restraint, and then you fumble all over yourselves because 
you don't have a clear understanding of what God's vision for your life is. I want you to know that this verse speaks more than, to, to, to more than just leadership. It speaks through prophets. It speaks through the Spirit of God and through the apostles for us to adhere to as born-again believers. And Jesus makes it plain in the New Testament what our purpose as the church is. We are called to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. In Mark 12, 30, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So we know that the greatest command is to be passionately in love with God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to pursue the commission, which is to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of the church. That is the responsibility of the church. And listen, church, we're not the kind of church that, 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 um, that people will feel comfortable simply attending for the sake of a good word or, or an inspiring message or great illustrations. We are a church that contends for the souls of man. And we take that seriously. We are a church that knows its place in the kingdom, that we're going after all that God has for us with everything that we have. We know that we are a church-planting church. We know that we are a disciple-making church. We know that this place is filled with prayer warriors, that this place is filled with worshipers, that this place moves in the gifts and the operation of the Spirit, that we believe in miracles, signs, and wonders that we still believe in speaking in tongues, we still believe in the interpretation of tongues, that we still believe in the prophetic utterance in alignment to scripture and not being weird. Because somebody tell them, don't be goofy. You want goofy, go to Disneyland. All right, let's go. And I wouldn't even encourage you to do that. Anyways. But this is a church where people that simply attend at some point are going to feel uncomfortable. Because when God moves, we move. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> That's how we move. And if we move, movement will cause you to be uncomfortable. Right? Because you're being directed out of something that's comfortable, something that's normal for you now, something that sometimes can grow into complacency. And the reality is, even though God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, God loves to roll. God loves to move. And the way that he moves is that he moves through his people. And so um, let me just say this to everybody in Restoration Life and watching beyond. At some point, if you just attend our church, you're going to get uncomfortable attending. Because at some point, you're going to want to shift into discipleship. Because at some point, you're going to want to be uh, uh, used for God's glory. Because God's called you not to be an attender, but to be a contender of the faith. That's what God has called us to. But vision, vision is important because it helps us understand that purpose. Secondly, vision helps us to persevere through tough or difficult times. There, you're going to need to know what God has revealed to you in your vision because when difficult times come, and they will, the enemy of your soul is going to try to distract you or keep you from fulfilling the vision that God has for you. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, the prophet writes this. He says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. Look at somebody tell wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. This passage reminds me that God's vision for our lives may take some time to come to fruition. But we have to be the kind of people that have the kind of faith the kind of passion, the kind of tenacity and patience that we wait for it to be realized. So I know what the vision for this house is. I know what the vision for Restoration Life is. I know what the vision for the REACH Network is. We help cast that vision. I know what the vision is for the churches that are under our care and the campuses that are under our care. I have a clear-cut understanding systematically, prophetically, and, and aligned with Scripture what the vision for our movement is, but I also have a vision for my family. Like, I, 
I, I, I just celebrated 32 years married. I can't wait till we hit 50. And then I can't wait till we hit 60. And then I can't wait till we hit 75. Should the Lord tarry. Right? But I have a vision for my marriage. We are just as passionate and, and, and if not even more so in love today than we were when we were 19 years old. And that's because we never stopped pursuing God's vision for our marriage. When our kids grew up and left, we still had each other. And you know what? We were best friends when they were with us, and we're even better friends without them. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I love, like when I see my wife, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I love, love just watching my wife, looking at my wife, hanging with my wife. And, and, and that's the vision that I had for my marriage. But I also have a vision for my children. Like, I, I love that my daughter just got married, Mrs. Baskin. Come on, somebody. Mrs. Baskin. I love seeing her healing. I love seeing the boys. I, I love seeing, I have a big, like when my grandchildren were born, I laid hands on them. God, one day you're going to use them for your glory. You're going to, you're anointing them to be men of God. I started praying for their wives when they, before they were born. Like, let them be women of God. Let them be beautiful like their grandma. Let them carry everything that she carried. Like, Father, bless. Like, like I have a vision for my children. Like, I'm not that guy that tells my son, one day you're going to take over this church. Because I'm going to make you take over the church. No, like, I, I just, I just want to see my kids saved and serving God. That's my vision. Saved and serving God. Whatever that looks like. I don't care. As long as you're saved, you're serving God, and you're pursuing Jesus, that's my vision for your lives. That's my vision for my grandchildren. And hopefully one day I'll get to meet my great-grandchildren. So I have a vision for my family. Can I say this? You need a vision for your family. You need a marriage for your marriage. You need a vision for your children. You need to get a prophetic word from God for your family and fulfill that because you're the priest of your home. You're the leaders in your home. And God gave us the gift of children to train them up in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart from them. Listen, you guys need a vision for your family. You also need a vision for your health. Come on, somebody. I repented this morning. That's why I can preach this right now. We need a vision for our health. We do. Come on. Oh, pastor, don't talk about it. I have to. We have to. Come on. We, 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 got, to, we got to get not just spiritually healthy. We got to get physically healthy. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this right now so I can be held accountable by the church. Uh, I'm going to do my best. 2023. <laughs> but you need a vision for your health. You need a vision for your business. You know, you know didn't, God didn't call all of you to enslave yourself to somebody else's vision. Do you know that you're fulfilling somebody else's vision while you work for them? I'm just saying it. Could it be that God's planting vision even now in some of you to start a business that glorifies the King of Kings? Could it be right now that God's planting a vision in you for a ministry or something that God is calling you to? You need a vision for your ministry too. Come on. You don't know, I mean, we have the vision for this house, but those of you that are serving on team, dream teams, leaders, you need a vision for your teams, you need a vision for your, for your ministry, like, like you, yeah, it's got to celebrate the vision of the house, but you, you got to see it in order for people to follow you into it. And so Habakkuk says that there are going to be, there are going to be times that the season of that vision is going to take time to come to fruition. Um, and there are times that, like 13 years ago, God showed me a long time ago where our church would be. And, and we're on the cusp of getting to where he showed me 13 years ago. We're on like the cusp of that, right? We're on the cusp of it. But I know that when I'm done giving my all and doing what I've been called to do, that one day my ceiling here is transitioning to the next generation. They're going to take it, should the Lord tarry, they're going to take this church to a whole other level. But that's why we disciple people in-house. That's why we train them up in here. Um, Psalms 27, 13, and 14 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the Lord's goodness um, of the I will see the Lord's good the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Some of us have gotten too impatient on waiting on God and have taken the place of God and have sabotaged the vision that God gave us because you weren't patient enough to wait on the Lord. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. 
Just wait. Just wait on God. I don't know what to do. Wait. If you don't know what to do, wait. Don't move. Don't make a decision. Wait. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Let me just say this. Patience is the companion of wisdom. Patience is the companion of wisdom. That, St. Augustine said that. Don't call me. That was St. Augustine. Um, Patience is the companion of wisdom. You want to use wisdom, and we know that we need that wisdom. We need to learn how to be patient. And some of us, we're so impatient, right? But every family in our church, every single person and every young adult needs to have a clear vision for their future. Like, what is God revealing to you? Like, all the single people. Any single people in the house right now? Yeah? Eight of you. All right, cool. I'm just kidding. What, what, is, what vision is God showing you right now? Is it, is it ministry? Then go after it. Is it entrepreneurship? Then go after it. Is, it. is it a spouse? Then be careful who you go after. Because the wrong person will detour your vision. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen people on fire for Jesus, not so on fire for Jesus after they got in a relationship. Like, what kind of spouse do you want to spend the rest of your life with? I love what Pastor Omar said, like when he met uh, Sister Letty. He said, he said, when I met her, well, I can't even say the way he says it. When I met her. <laughs> when he met her, he says, you marry me, you marry ministry. And 40 years later, that's all they do is ministry together. Because he knew he had a vision for what God had revealed to him. The question is, like what is God revealing to you for your future spouse, single people? Like, if you're on fire for Jesus, you shouldn't have anything to do with anybody who's lukewarm for Jesus. In fact, if they're not even saved, you need to tell them to kick rocks. You have no business. Pastor said, I got to break up with you right now. 2023 is my year, not your year. <laughs> what kind of vision has God given you for your future? Write it down, make it plain, and run. Run, Forrest, run. Married couples, what kind of marriage do you envision? You could have the same spouse in a different marriage if you approach it right. What purpose does your marriage have in the kingdom? Ministry leaders, you've been trained. You've been discipled. You've been empowered. You've been released. What is God revealing to you? Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop pursuing. Keep pushing towards all that God has for your life. I love what Paul writes to the Philippian church. He says this in chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus take, took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind me, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us, then, who are mature, should take such a view excuse me, of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. In other words, if you see this differently, Paul's saying, I hope that God makes this clear to you because what, you, what you're thinking is inaccurate in accordance to what he has for you. So put the past in the past. You have no power over the past. You can't revisit it. You can't keep going back to it, but you could stay chained to it if you want. You can break that chain right now by looking forward and interpreting what God has for you and running with the vision that God has planned out for you. Come on. God's got a plan. Number three, clarity of vision keeps us focused on what's most important. It's not enough to have a vision, but that vision has to be clear and it has to be interpreted in a way that you understand so that you can run with it. That, that, that's what Habakkuk says. Write the vision down, make it plain so the runners can read it and then run with it. That's what, that's what he says. You need to know how to run with the vision that God gave you. You just can't hope for the best and think that it's all going to work out. Right? Vision without a system or a structure is just an illusion. Could be even a nightmare. So you need to implement a system or a structure or a plan on how you're going to carry out the vision that God has revealed to you. You just can't like, this is what God showed me, and then just live life as if he never showed you that to begin with. Write it down, put timestamps on it, 
By the end of January, I'll be down a pound and a half. Praise God. <laughs> right? Uh, by the end of January, here's my business model. Right? Uh, by the end of January, my wife is going to know that she knows that she knows that I'm all in for her. Like, like what, what does God reveal to you? Write it down, make it plain, and then start running with it. But if you're like, man, I can't wait to do this, I can't wait to do that, and you never have a plan of attack, you're never going to do anything for God or for yourself. That's why you need clarity. And listen, God will sometimes give somebody a vision and then put somebody alongside of you to give you the interpretation of that vision. You have interpreters. And you have visionaries. And so I love this about, like, remember the story of Joseph and King Pharaoh? Pharaoh had a dream. None of his witches and sorcerers knew how to interpret that dream. And next thing you know, uh, here comes Joseph. He interprets the dream. Um, everybody thought that Joseph was the dreamer when actually he was the interpreter. Right? And he interprets the Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh pulls him out of prison, puts him second of command of all of Egypt. Because he knew how to interpret the dream. Listen. The visionaries aren't the important people. The interpreters are just as important. And both of them know how to run together to fulfill the plan of God for their lives. Proverbs 5, 1 and 2 says this. My son, stay focused. Look at somebody tell them, stay focused. Listen to the wisdom that I have gained. Give attention to what I have learned about life so that you may be able to make sensible judgments and speak with knowledge. Clarity of vision helps us focus on what's important. When we have a clear vision, we can prioritize our time, our talents, our treasures in reaching and achieving the vision or the goal that God has planned out for us. So how do we stay focused? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's a couple ways. Number one, starve your distractions and feed your focus. Starve your distractions. What's distracting you? I know what's distracting a lot of you. TikTok is distracting a lot of you. Social media, distracting a lot of you. Relationships that you have no business being in are distracting some of you. Come on. Bad business decisions, distractions. Starve your distraction. What's distracting you? Fuel, feed your focus. Paul writes to the Colossian church. He says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Two and three, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. What is he saying? He's saying you're spending too much time focusing on this world. Get your eyes off this world and get your eyes back on the king and the kingdom. That's why Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. Why? Because you have clarity of focus. When you put God first, everything aligns. When God isn't first, everything is in chaos. Get clarity of focus. Starve your distraction. Feed your focus. What is God calling you into, into 2023? Distractions will cause your vision to blur. Focus will cause your your, your, your goals to be met. And so you have to learn how to focus. So look at somebody tell them, focus. Focus. Stop being like, hey, you know what you're doing? Squirrel. You know, you know. Focus. Focus on God's plan first. Focus on God first. And focus on God's plan for your life. And focus on your discipleship. Because that's going to help you get to where God, what God has revealed to you. Then focus on everything else. Because it all works in conjunction. Starve your distractions, feed your focus. By keeping your eyes fixed on heavenly things, we can better resist the distractions and the temptations that pull us off course. Because here's the reality. We wander in the wilderness of distraction, but we travel in fulfillment when we pursue his promises. Secondly, be sober. Look at somebody. Tell them, be sober. Now, that just doesn't mean don't, don't get drunk. It's partially what it means. And if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be getting drunk anymore. Don't be stupid. Be sober-minded and self-controlled. Self-controlled. 
self-controlled. First Peter, Peter says this, 5.8, be sober of spirit. In other words, your spirit has to be sober. Sometimes some of your spirit is too intoxicated with the things of this world. Be sober in your spirit so that you understand what God is saying because you put on the mind of Christ. Be sober. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And the person that he catches off guard are those that are not sober in the spirit. You're in your flesh. And when you're in your flesh, you're like that. You're like that. Has anybody ever watched like Animal Kingdom? Or I love watching like hunters and all. Like the enemy, they, it just looks for the weakling in the herd. It looks for the one that's distracted. It looks for the one that, that, that thinks that it can go off on its own. It looks for the one that, that veers away and it's by itself. It, it got distracted. It saw a patch of grass that looked greener than where everybody else was going. They went there by themselves. And that's exactly when the enemy pounces. Because you weren't sober in the spirit. You were distracted. The enemy pounces and he's seeking out, not just to destroy. If he can't destroy your salvation, he'll destroy your calling. If he can't destroy your calling, he'll destroy your purpose. If he can't destroy your purpose, he'll destroy your joy. On and on and on and on. The devil doesn't care if you come to church, lift up your hands, and praise God. As long as he can keep you insignificant in God's kingdom, as long as he can keep you from pursuing all that God has for you, he won. Yeah, you're still going to heaven. Yeah, God still loves you. Yeah, you're still saved by grace, not by works. We, we understand all of that. But man, how good would it be to stand before the king of kings one day to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the only pat on the back I look for. That's the only arm I, I look for. I mean, I love it when people are like, hey, good job, great job, you're doing great. But man, I don't do it for people. I do it for the audience of one, and his name is Jesus. Because we need to worship, listen, we need to worship Jesus and not the applause of people. Because I think far too often in the Christian church today, we've got too many celebrity Christians seeking the applause of people, seeking the requotes and the retweets and the read this. Man, none of that is ours to begin with. It all comes from the Father anyways. So if you should give anybody glory, it should always be Jesus. Right? We wander in distractions, but we travel in the promises and the fulfillment thereof when we have clarity of vision. So be sober-minded and self-controlled. This means being mindful of our thoughts and actions, making sure that we're not led astray by temptations that cause us to fall and sabotage his purpose for our lives. Do you know that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him? My satisfaction comes from my relationship to the Father. Your satisfaction in life should come from a relationship to the Father. This world will never be able to satisfy you. Nothing this world could ever give you that could ever outshine or outglorify his majesty. When we focus on living out God's vision for our lives, we can experience the greatest fulfillment and joy. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. How many can use some joy? The oil of joy this morning. <laughs> lastly, lastly, unpacking vision requires hard work and discipline. Let me say it this way. Sacrifice. Like, when was serving God ever supposed to be easy? Like, I, I, I think that we're living, and in, in it's, it's probably all because of all the TikTokers you listen to, and all of, a lot of these woke leadership, so-called Christians on all social media platforms, that, that God... I want you to live your best life. Well, there's some truth to that. But we equate that as, I'm never going to have to go through anything. We equate that as a prosperity gospel. We equate, we equate that as like, man, if I'm suffering, 
something must be wrong with me or the way that I'm pursuing God. Sacrifice is a part of service. And we tend to want to take the sacrifice out of the serving God. It's like, you know what? I don't want to hear about pick up your cross and follow me. I want to hear what that pastor once said, that God wants to give me everything I've ever wanted in my life. It's a false gospel. Serving Jesus comes with sacrifice. Sometimes that sacrifice is going to cost you things that you never thought you'd ever have to sacrifice. But I promise you, from experience, he's more than worth it. There's nothing that God could ever call me to or say to me or tell me to do that I would ever say no to him in. Roxanne will tell you, a lot of the people in our church will tell you, before 2020, I was traveling all over the world preaching the gospel, conferences and planning churches. I've been in the craziest of countries where they were trying to kill us, like nonstop. And it was like, meh, heaven isn't second best. It's a graduation. It's just the way that you view your relationship with God and your purpose in life. And I'm not saying everybody's called to be a martyr. But I am saying this, that if you can't pick up your cross and follow Jesus, you can't follow Jesus. That takes sacrifice. Paul says to the church in Colossians, chapter 3, verse 23, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working to the Lord, not for human masters. Let me say this too. God doesn't bless lazy people. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, laziness is a sin. Hebrews 6, 12, Paul writes, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. In Colossians 3, 24, since, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Excuses are the nails that will build a future of failure. And excuses are just made by lazy people. And based on what I know about laziness, it's a sin. James 4, 17, to him that knows to do what is right and does it not, to him it is. So you know what to do, but you're just not doing it. Why? Because you're lazy. And if you're lazy, you're in sin. And if you're in sin, you need to repent. And once you repent, you start heading back into the trajectory that God has called you into. Is this okay? Are you guys okay? God doesn't bless lazy people. God uses busy people to build God's kingdom. Come on. You can clap for that. It's okay. Don't get mad at me. Get frustrated with your laziness. Stop procrastinating. Ooh, there should be a part two, but there won't be. I need to bring this to a close because there's so much that we got to do. God has entrusted into you a vision that's meant for only you to carry out. But we also serve the God of next. Like if you won't allow God to do what God wants to do in and through your life, what God will do is next, next, next. Now, the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. They're still there. But unless you step out of the obscurity and the darkness of your laziness and procrastination, you'll never see the, the benefit and the blessing of walking in his will. Like, I love serving God. And the, the, the pain, the sacrifice, the turmoil, it's a lot at times. But it's not even one stripe on his back when he went to the cross for you and me. Not even one stripe. Is there anything that you would say no to when it comes to Jesus? And if you would declare right now that in 2023, you'll go after all that God has for you, your church, your family, and your children, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going after it. I'm going after it. This is the altar call. You guys don't have to come up here. But if you would say, I want all that God has for me, I want you to raise up both hands right now. We're going to pray.
and we're going to give God the glory. Father, we thank you. God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. We thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we're looking forward to all that you want to do in and through each and every single one of our lives. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you pour out the grace that each and every single one of us need to fulfill what you have planned for us to do in our lifetime. And with our lives, we'll give you and you alone all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, somebody make a joyful noise. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I'm holding you accountable. Holding you accountable. Holding you accountable. All right. Quickly, everybody sit down. We got a couple more things to do. I know spouses are like, oh, you're going to finish that, that kitchen today, boy. You're, <laughs> you're going to finish that project because if you're lazy, you in sin, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to share with you some of the vision for 2023. First slide. First slide. Come on, Atlanta. Restoration Life Atlanta. Today is Pastor Max and Teresa's last service in Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. And uh, we, we just love them so much. We can't honor them enough for all the years from coming here to being a knucklehead disciple to being, you know, young leaders, then youth pastors, then uh, nightlife young adult pastors, then campus pastors, and now they're going out to, to, to plant a new campus in Atlanta, and man, we're so excited. We're excited that Donnell and Ashley are already there. <laughs> Murphy's are already there. Marquez family's already there. And uh, we're, we're grateful that because of your generosity, we're able to put on Max full time while he's in Atlanta. Come on. Now, now let me just say this. We didn't meet the, our goal. We didn't meet our goal. And my hope and my prayer is that today you would make a decision um, to continue to contribute towards that goal of keeping him on um, full time so that he doesn't have to get a part-time job. And the only way that this, we're able to do this is by the generosity of our combined collective here at Restoration Life. Whatever God puts on your heart, like 20, 30, 50, 100 bucks a month, but we need to carry this through for the next year to make sure that we give them all the space that they need to do to build a campus out in Atlanta. So Restoration Life Atlanta is happening. Um, the second thing is we got staff growth here at Restoration Life. We put on a full-time children's church director, Elizabeth Gonzalez. Make sure that she has oversight over all of our children, all of our teams. Um, we're going to be doing something really special, which I'll get to in just a minute. Uh, but we thank God for that. We're also putting on uh, Karen and Cora full-time here at Restoration Life. They're taking on a lot more responsibility, and they've worked so hard out of their own personal time uh, just to meet the needs here. These girls are rock stars, in my opinion. Can't thank God enough for them and all of our staff here at Restoration Life, but we're able to put them on full-time. Um, we're also able to put on pastors uh, Nick and Raylene Huerta part-time. As, as they take over nightlife, continue to lead production and worship and assistant pastors here on campus, um, they're going to be able to release Roxanne and I as we travel to go establish Atlanta and, and Leander, Texas and Austin and, you know, work with our teams there in, in San Diego and the REACH Network. So we're grateful for a team that gives us the ability to do that. But there's so much work. You guys are a lot of work, right? With all the newsletters, the graphics, the online, everything that we do. These girls, our staff, they're just incredible. Thank God for Peter Martinez uh, for all that he does. Wouldn't be able to do anything without him. One day we're looking on, putting on a full-time youth pastor. Come on, somebody. There's a lot more that we want to be able to do. We got to strengthen our base if we're going to grow bigger as a church. And so uh, a lot of great things happening there. And then uh, something new that's happening is that uh, Pastor Eliezer Donio and his wife are shifting um, from a senior role in the Spanish ministry to a campus pastor role here on staff at Restoration Life 
and our Spanish ministry. Um, and I'm taking on the lead role there in the Spanish ministry. So I'll be going in there and preaching in Spanish and sometimes in, uh, in English with translation, hopefully. And because uh, if not, it's going to be a mess. No, I'm just kidding. And um, what many of you don't know is that Pastor Eliezer took a 50% payroll cut when COVID hit the Spanish church. And um, I mean, how would you, how would any of us live if your, your salary went to 50% of what it is right now? And so we didn't think that that was okay. Uh, so we assimilated the Spanish church into uh, the Restoration Life church as a whole. So it's no longer a church per se, but as much as it is a service. And as of January, we're able to put him back at 90% of his salary as a Restoration Life campus. Spanish service, come on. That's something to thank God about. And uh, I'll be doing all the leadership development and all the leading there. And Pastor Eliezer uh, and, and, and our team there will cover when I won't um, be available to be at those services. But we thank God for that. So we're excited about uh, Manny and Rosemary. And we're excited about Alex and Gloria Medrano. We're excited about not being two churches on one campus, but being one church with, with separate bilingual services. And so we're moving into that more than ever. So you're going to see a lot more of him and others in this service. You're going to see more of others in those services because we're one church. Come on, we're one church. All right, thirdly, we're remodeling Restoration Life this year. And we're looking at uh, pulling out a pretty significant loan to do it. Um, we are going to be painting the rest of the campus the way that we painted our children's church out in the parking lot. The rest of our campus is going to get upgrades with paint. Uh, we're going to get new carpet in the sanctuary. Uh, today we launch our new Restoration Life website. So make sure that you guys uh, go through it, check it out. It's incredible. Same website, same uh, domain, different vibe, different look, a lot easier to navigate through. We're still upgrading our app. Um, also, we're getting ready to purchase a stadium seating here in the sanctuary. Yeah. We're also looking at how we can fit another 120 chairs in the sanctuary. So we're going to push everything back so we can fit close to 500 people in here. That's what we're looking to do. If we can't do that, well, at least we'll have new paint, new carpet, a lot of upgrades in the text for our broadcasting. It's already crashing a lot because of all the upgrades online and everything that we do. And if, and if many of you don't know, a lot of that tech is super expensive. Um, so, but we're updating all of our cameras, a lot of our gear, a lot of our online broadcasting. We're doing podcasting in the offices. All of our children's church um, is going to get remodeled. And, and, and uh, as of September, um, our bathrooms are going to get remodeled too. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, and based on our project, we're looking at launching our Restoration Life preschool in September of 2023. So we're, so we're going to build some bathrooms behind the center building and add fencing to that. And it's going to be a full functioning preschool for the area. We want to be able to take care of a lot of our families in best ways. There's a lot that we're doing. Um, we're looking at extending our parking lot for more parking. I mean, there's... There's a lot, you guys, that we're, we're, we're looking at doing close to a million dollar remodel. And listen to this. Here's where it comes back to the pace of your generosity. Last year, I started talking about giving. Many of you took that seriously and your giving went up incredibly. And so our church moves at the pace of your ge generosity. We can do all this without hurting our operating budget whatsoever because of your faithfulness to the tithe and to the offering. So as long as you remain faithful and generous, this is all not a problem. Not a problem. Now, our HVAC is getting, for our children's and other, other departments, it's somewhat of an issue because there's a lot of things happening with the import-export business right now. A lot of that stuff's a year out, so we're still getting estimates on that. But we're looking to do a major upgrade on our campus with paint, Chairs, lighting, carpet, children's church, preschool, parking lot area, tech, all kinds of great stuff because of the generosity of this house. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. This is just some of the stuff that we're doing in 2023. Just some of it. But it's all doable because of your faithfulness 
in your time, in your treasure, and in your talents. Can anybody give God some praise for that this morning? <laughs>